Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Thank you for Still not going live yet. Still not going live yet. No, um, we're unfortunately still recording things in our quarantined, marooned fashion. But hey, thanks for joining us. And um, today is November 4th, 2020. I almost said 2011, which is weird. That's uh, 11 forward. Yeah, because I was looking at, I guess I was looking at the month, but I was like, we need to not go back in time to 2011 as much as we'd like to. Um, no, it is November 4th, 2020, the day after election day, or apparently election week, as we now know it. Um, this is episode 252. I believe you're right. I believe we are at 252. 252? Yes, because last so. week was 251. Indeed. The previous week was 250. And that's how and math if, works. Yes, that is how math works. That's and how counting works. <laughs> yes. And if you don't know what the Media Bow Podcast is, it is a podcast dedicated to movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. And... Yeah, it's post-election day. We have post-election hangover. Some of us have actual hangovers. <laughs> See, I was smart. I had a giant, a large Diet Coke from the Del Taco. I did not drink anything else. Oh, see, I had the beer that was in the back of the fridge. Mm-hmm. So I figured, oh, we should definitely get rid of that. Yeah. Right? But... We should definitely get rid of the stuff that's old and in the back. Yeah, usually, typically. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that's no longer working for us. But hey, <laughs> we don't know anything Yeah, anymore. I agree. We should get, <laughs> get rid of things that are no longer of use to us. Uh, but we'll see uh, as the days go on. Yeah, we're not going to talk a lot about uh, the election. Maybe we'll touch on it a little later. There's actually a story we have later that is tangentially related to it. But besides that, um, this is not a politics podcast. We are about media. So... Um, even though yeah. it was all over the TV the past week. That is true. There's other stuff that happened, even though, yeah, most of the things were dominated by that. Yeah, yeah. So if it seems kind of a slow show today, that's kind of why. That's where we're kind of at. Anyway, let's get started. Why don't you? Why don't we? Also you and me, both of us, uh, with this podcast. And we always start this podcast with the movie segment. And we always start movies, well... With the weekend box office, if there really was one. 3.1 million counts as a weekend box office. I suppose. So your number one movie this week, something called Come Play. I believe Focus Features. Okay. So offshoot brand. Yeah. Horror film. It's 3.1 million, as you mentioned. Number two, Honest Thief. Moving down $1.3 million, adding to a $9.5 million total. That's the kind of totals you're seeing these days. Yeah. The War with Grandpa, uh, number three, $1.2 million. That's at 11.4. Tenet is your number four movie with $885,000. Yes, $1,000. Moving to 53.8 domestic. That's it. And lastly, number five, The Empty Man, coming up empty with $577,000. $2.2 million domestic for that one. Now, if only we could turn those dollars into votes. <laughs> if only. If but only. no. But no. That's, yeah, that's for us. Yeah, that that's was just... a depressing ass box office. Yeah, and they're just going to keep being like this. 
Um, Can we go somewhere else for box office? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's start report, like, reporting on the New Zealand box office. That's going to that's going to be awesome. Anyway, no new no big new releases this week except for one movie called Let Him Go. Uh that is been playing on a lot of commercials here. It's Kevin Costner as grandparents trying to get their grandson back. Po- well, they, not political, but thriller. I think they should uh, let him go. Um, this is anti-Frozen, though. <laughs> they don't want to let it go. I didn't say it. That's a distinction. Yes. All right, let's move on. Two movie nudes. We have a nudes. Oh, nudes. Hello. Cover yourself uh, up. That's a different podcast. No, no, there's our explicit breathing right there. I think what happened, I was I looking, I was looking at new releases and I saw the crudes. <laughs> um, first off, I didn't know they were making a sequel to the crudes until just the second. Second of all, they're making a sequel to the crudes. Um someone had to, maybe someone had, someone had to. I guess. I've never seen the crudes. I hear it's okay. Uh, I have not seen it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, I would hope. All right, let's move on. Movies news. First up, we take an international trip, not to New Zealand, but to Japan, as we talk about some of their movies released there. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is a mega-hit animation that has single-handedly revived the limping Japanese box office, passing $150 million dollars on its 17th day of release. I believe this originally was a manga, which got turned into an anime. That's how they usually in go. 2018. Yeah. And then now it's a film. There you go. Or an you know, additional film. That is the typical trajectory, it seems. Uh, released in 403 theaters back on October 16th by Anaplex and Toho, the film passed the $100 million milestone only 10 days after opening a new speed record for the Japanese box office. Remember when box office used to do that? Yeah, remember when you used to see over 100 here? <laughs> Feels like ancient history. Overall, for the October 31st to November 1st weekend, the film made $24 million on 1 million admissions. Also, the film made $8.9 million via 38 IMAX screens, which is second only to the $13.4 million that current record holder Bohemian Rhapsody took nearly four months to make. The film is set for a North American release in early 2021, maybe, editor's note, with Anaplex of America and Funimation distributing. Makes sense. So uh, Japan, back to the movies, it looks like. A hundred million dollars sounds great for any film. Usually for any film, that sounds great, hundred million. Turns out when you have a culture that's already used to wearing masks in order to prohibit transmission of diseases, they get to recover faster. Who would have thunk it? Huh. Uh, I, I don't hmm. think there's enough data on that yet. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get back once we uh, crunch some numbers for you and ask some scientists. Moving on. Scientists, no. That's part of deep state. No. Yeah. So instead of scientists... We're going to talk about witches. Actually, we're going to talk about one witch specifically for our second news story here. 
That which Carol Baskin. No. 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 Anne Hathaway. Oh, wait. We like Anne Hathaway. Yeah, we're not half the haters here. No. Um, Anne Hathaway is in the news, though, this week because some people are uh, hating on Hathaway this week for pretty legitimate reasons. Warner Brothers has apologized after being criticized by people with disabilities over the depiction of Anne Hathaway's character in The Witches, the remake of the 1990 film that recently was released last month. In a statement, the studio said it, quote, regretted any offense caused, unquote. Many people with disabilities pointed out that she appears to have etrodactyly, 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 a mystery there. That sounded correct. A limb abnormality that's commonly referred to as a split hand. Advocates fear that portraying villains with physical defects can perpetuate stereotypes that disabilities are abnormal or scary. A spokesperson for Warner Brothers said the studio was deeply saddened to learn that our depiction of the fictional characters in The Witches could upset people with disabilities. Um, Important to note for context that, like I said, this is based on a 1990 film. I don't recall in that I've conveniently watched fairly recently, thanks to friend of the show, Christy, who apparently loved it when she was a kid. Um, that depiction of the character did not have a hand like that. So just as extra context. And also, I don't believe that the character in the original book on which both movies are based had this defect either. So it seems like this is wholly created for this version of the film. And I'm not really sure why they went that direction. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the character is supposed to be a super deformed witch. She's supposed to be like the, the queen of the witches, essentially. So they probably wanted to, you know, exp- like lay it up. Yeah, exactly. Go a little over the top with it. But yeah, that's fair point that you got to make sure what you're depicting is like is is like fictional gross in a fictional way not like like yeah try to play it up in a fantasy kind of way and not tech not tread on any ground that people could legitimately be like well, i believe yeah, that's a real thing book it's described as a cat-like paw yeah yeah because it corresponds with the children turning into mice yeah which makes sense so if they had just stuck to that we would have had this conversation but yeah so Makeup people, visual effects people, keep these things in Robert mind. Robert Zemeckis people. Robert Zemeckis people. Well, he directed it, so. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Where to place to put it. I, I believe we had an earlier story. I don't remember if it was this year, last year, or sometime across our podcast about characters or people being depicted with disabilities. Um, I think it was mainly for villains. That they we may to have. See. I don't remember if that was U.S. or I think it was U.K. about how they wanted people with disabilities not solely portrayed as villains because it right. could lead to a bad stereotype. Yeah, no. Um, I think this is going to continue being brought up until until you see some changes. Because, um, yeah, it's totally reasonable. All right. Right, especially when you, you specifically go out of your way to make something like that happen. Yeah. All right. Did you watch any movies this week released in the calendar year 2020? No. Um, did not watch Hoobie Halloween as 
was continually recommended to me. Even again on Thursday, it was continually recommended to me. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, I didn't. Uh, but no, I did not watch a film released in 2020. 2020. No, okay. Well, me neither. So that means we can move on safely into television news. And we always start television news with the sports corner. Now, last week you said at towards the end of our sports corner that we were going to go into kind of the doldrums of sports when there's not a whole lot to talk about. Right, because baseball have, had ended and right. basketball has not started. Your major sports, everything but football is uh, pretty much on break, but there are some stories to talk about. First up, the end of this season of NASCAR is coming this Sunday. Yes, in Phoenix. Yes. Uh, we were actually supposed to go to that race. Uh, we <laughs> bought anymore. tickets to that at the beginning of the season when we realized, hey, it's in Phoenix. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It sounded good at the time. <laughs> tickets were cheap at the time because like, the season had just started and they had just announced where it was going to take place. So I was like, yeah, let's get tickets. They're on sale right now. Let's go. Yeah, no. ah, <laughs> nope. not gonna happen. Yeah, like, hey, we'll have friends out there who will have moved in by then, and we can stay with them. It's like, yes, that's true. That part did happen. Well, that part also happened later for them too. <laughs> yes, little did we know. Um, so yeah, but it's happening on television, so thankfully you can watch it anyways. Yep, uh, it takes place in Phoenix, like I said takes place on Sunday. We will have a new NASCAR champion by next podcast. Cool. We will see then next week. Mm -hmm. In football, the NFL trade deadline was Tuesday. Uh, as of yesterday. So no more NFL trades to be happened. You can only pick up your players via waiver wire or free agency. Yes. Speaking of football another big story this week had to do with broadcast rights for football games the supreme court was involved they said monday an antitrust challenge can go forward to the way the nfl sells the rights to their telecasts so there could potentially this could potentially cause a little bit of a shake-up with how football is um broadcast on tv this stems from the direct tv deal uh, sports package that they have directly with the NFL for the past 20 years, mm -hmm. where if you subscribe to DirecTV uh, extra NFL package, you can see all the games. You can't do that with any other um, broadcast. Ah, uh, I see. Broadcast? No, that's not right. <laughs> any other telecommunications company? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Programming. Programmer. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the term would be. Well, because it's a media company. Yeah. Again, again, people, we apologize for the slow brains today. We we had all had a long night last night. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm blanking, too. I have no idea. It, like, you can't really call them cable companies, right? Because <laughs> no. DirecTV is a satellite. Right. Like, media companies is more accurate. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anyways, um, the antitrust is saying that because DirecTV has a monopoly on it, that that's considered unfair 
And since no one's been able to bid on that for the past 20 years, they consider that unlawful. Yeah. Or Which potentially unlawful. We'll see how um, how it shakes out, shakes in the Supreme Court, yeah. the newly filled nine-person <laughs> Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, we'll wonder how they're going to think about antitrust. Hmm. We'll see. Let's move on. Our last sports story, at least on this list, is that Pac-12 football is back. Uh, games will start again on Saturday. Yes, and they will do an eight-seeded schedule against um, the Pac-12 South versus Pac-12 North, each separated, culminating into a Pac-12 championship, literally just in time to qualify for bowl season. <laughs> it's like they did that on purpose or something. It's, it's like they said, we have this end this stop date here where if we can't make it by here yeah. then we're screwed <laughs> yeah to which they said last like at the beginning of last month oh i guess we should <laughs> turns because out money turns out you know, even after the pac-12 players penned that op-ed in the sports illustrated <laughs> we talked about right ancient history long yes. time ago yeah yep oh also <sighs> in um ncaa news I don't remember if we talked about this last week or if it was happened after we podcast. Mm, but number one pick, potential number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, who we talked about in that same story about the Pac-12 players advocating against playing. Mm-hmm. He was the one person who was a star quarterback at Clemson who advocated for people to play, saying that they would be right. safer on campus than they would back in their homes. Yes. He caught COVID. <laughs> sure yep uh-huh so he was not as safe um no on campus as he was say in his home <laughs> turns out turns out he the opposite was true of what he said of what that young man had um had said hmm. right um yeah he went on this big uh let us play movement in july right before yeah. the school was open when uh, the ACC and Big Ten and Pac-12 and SEC were still debating whether to have a season or not, <laughs> he was one of the loud voices who said, let us play, to right. which they let him play, to which he contracted or tested positive for COVID. What do you know? Mm-hmm. What are the odds? Pretty high because, as we <laughs> talked about, Alabama had also tested positive. Cook Nick Saban had tested positive. People in Clemson tested positive. And just this past week, the Wisconsin's football team, the Badgers, <laughs> had to cancel their game because most of the team tested positive. Yeah. Let us not forget that those in the NFL who actually get paid to play, kind of a shade thrown there at NCAA not being played, also they're being paid. <laughs> uh, several players this past week had tested positive as well. So it's still out there. People are still testing positive. You know, 250,000 nearing death. And here we stand debating whether or not we should play football. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Really makes you think, doesn't it? Yes. Really Really makes makes you think. think. Anything else in sports before we move on? Uh, Side sports story. I didn't really want to include this, but I'm just going to throw it out there real quick. Okay. Uh, Megan Rapino. Famous soccer Rap, player. Rapino? 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 Rapino. Mm, I don't know. 
famous soccer yes. player for a women's national team, got engaged uh, this past hey. year. Hey, okay. To a longtime girlfriend and Seattle Storm superstar, Sue Bird. Congratulations to her. Yes. They made that official this past weekend. Cool. And I think that's all I have for sports. No, I certainly don't have anything for sports to offer. So that Uh, means. Um, Just between us real quick tidbit. Um, (laughs) One person is being indicted in the Tyler Skaggs. uh, Oh. um, Treat mistreatment. Misdiagnosis. Uh Death. Wrongful death. Yeah. One person is being charged. The former trainer. Oh, a trainer. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But that's it, just with reckless endangerment for subscription medication. I see. But that means that we now have to wait for that to go to trial and that to eventually get done. So, yeah, that's still a long process away. Yeah. Guess we will wait and see on that one. All right. Well, that means we can safely move on out of sports and into television news. Got a couple stories here. We start, though, like we usually start with a story about Netflix. This is where Netflix is the bad person now. (laughs) Now. All right. Here's yes. When 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 they go after like creators and like go out and cancel your favorite show, I guess that's like you know, small potatoes, but when they dare to raise their price. This is not doing business. This is being greedy now. Yeah, this then they're just being greedy. Um, <laughs> anyway, Netflix is introducing price hikes for its U.S. subscribers again, I want to add, increasing its standard plan to $14 a month and its premium tier to $18 a month. The new pricing for the standard plan is a $1 price increase back uh, from up from 13, while the new premium tier is up $2 from 16 a month. They last increased subscription fees in the United States back in January 2019, and I believe we've reported on that story too. The price hikes also come as Netflix is looking to invest more heavily into its content slate and product features. Netflix has increased its annual content budget every single year over the last seven years, spending a once estimated $18.5 billion in 2020 alone. So they're spending money and trying to make a little bit more money uh, from their from their customers in response. Trying to spend a little, trying to make a little, trying to give a little, make a lot. Aren't we all, really, at the end of the yep. day? But yeah, uh, just a reminder to everyone to go check your Netflix subscription, see if it is in your price range, or if you want to, um, you know, bump it down to a lower tier. Or if you're sharing with somebody, like you're maybe a family member or or a friend, maybe actually make them pay you back for it. (laughs) (laughs) Those freeloaders. Anyway, whatever you want to do with your Netflix, do with your Netflix. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Our second story is about one of those pesky media companies that we were talking about before. Um, This time, though, this combines two of our stories because we're not only talking about media companies, we're talking about media companies buying anime companies. Right. This is a story that I put down in our notes a long time ago to keep a Mm -hmm. eye out Yep. And it is now finally coming to fruition. Yep. It was aging in a digital locker. Now it's ready. (laughs) 
uh, for us to talk about. Yes, AT&T is discussions to sell Warner Brothers or Warner Media's Crunchyroll, which if you're not familiar, is a streaming service that streams Japanese anime. Uh, according to then, uh, 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 who is going to be the suitor for this deal? Sony, who is in, in final no- negotiations to purchase the service. It would strengthen Sony's position in this niche market as it already owns a rival anime service called Funimation. Those are your um, the people who bring you the U.S. Uh, dub of Dragon Ball, among other yes. things. And if that Name Funimation sounds familiar. Literally 10 minutes ago, we <laughs> talked a bit about yes. them bringing Demon Slayer to the U.S. Yes. So Sony already has its, uh, has kind of a, um, a leg into the anime market here in the U.S., and they want to do more by getting a hold of Crunchyroll. But there's a sticking point, though. Price. AT&T is asking for $1.5 billion, an amount that Sony has balked at, people have said. The price is well above recent values for other niche streaming services, according to analysts. The Association of Japanese Animations says that the global market in 2018 for anime was worth about $21 billion, though, 1.5 times of five years earlier. The overseas market accounts for nearly half of the total demand. So that's a huge portion. Right. And the original asking price was indeed $1.5 billion. And according to the recent article I read about it, it is putting it at just north of $1 billion. Yeah. Um, so that's even at a $500 million um, differential, that's still a lot of money that's going to be transactioned here. Yeah. And yeah. it would actually increase the value of Crunchyroll, I believe, if um, they put Funimation, animation, and dubs into it. Okay, there you go. Now you changed. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see what that did. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to do that anymore. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, no. That, so you don't think that that's a, too much money for such a small like streaming service? Um, I believe it is very niche, but also... It's kind of the only place you would really want to go. I don't yeah. see they would basically control a monopoly on it, even though I'm sure there are other anime studios out there that aren't a part of it. But it's bringing a lot together. It does corner the market. The it does corner the market in a way because those are the two main ones I hear about. Mm-hmm. So I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. But it does, in a way, make things simpler potentially for people who want to absorb as much anime as possible though if they're all under the same roof at some point yeah i mean i've always considered getting a crunchyroll subscription and then when it was even rolled into hbo max i thought oh hey this is a great deal but it's not but then that was very limited as to what they wanted that's how they get you they still Mm -hmm. want you to sign up for both services right which if this deal does go through you may see crunchyroll leave hbo max from it yeah, I could I could easily see that happening. Um, well, I mean, they might have to, right? Like, they might not have right. the rights to do yeah, a Crunchyroll section. Yeah. And then we open the other Pandora's box of who owns what where. Yeah. Guess we'll see as uh, this terrifying streaming reality or streaming nightmare becomes reality more and more every day. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, that's it for television stories. What about television we've watched? Now, besides the big thing, uh, what else did you watch in uh, uh, that was released recently? I have good news heralding okay. from the land of television. I love good news. Um, it is back. Television's actually back now. Um, this is Us is back. Big Brother has concluded its season finale. Okay. And uh, Good Doctor is back as well. 911, not back, but said that they will show new episodes starting January. They are currently okay. in production. So TV's coming back, which is a good sign. Um, I think the NB, uh, the comedies are coming back for NBC as well. At least they've been back. Uh, Superstore has been back. Connecting's been back. Uh, we just link obviously showing new stuff. Uh, the Goldbergs is back, still not being canceled for some reason. <laughs> um, Black-ish had its season premiere as well. Simpsons just did their Trios of Horror. Bob's Burgers did its Halloween special. Uh, Halloween's episodes were this past week, of course. Um, it's TV's back. Normal TV is back. Um, we can no longer fret about that. But it also means that holiday cooking shows are back as well. (laughs) Yes, get ready. (laughs) There we go. Uh, You good? I adjusted for low light. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, for those those listening to the audio version of this podcast, um, I'm experimenting with a new camera today. So hopefully I'll get some stuff down. I feel like I'm still a little choppy. A little bit, but yeah, it's fine. Just don't move much. I'll figure that out. Anyways, but there was one big thing on television though this week that we both engaged in. Of course, every four years, it's the wonderful media circus that is a presidential election. And the way that the networks cover it is becoming more and more elaborate and more and more ridiculous every year. Yes, uh, if you watch CNN, you saw the big digital board and the mastery <laughs> behind it. So masterful, it was trending on Twitter. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, we were watching, yeah, and um, also depending on what uh, network you were watching, people were calling stuff early. <laughs> yes, uh, um, Fox News. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a little bit, still a little tad. Um, but yeah, uh, I was watching ABC's coverage, and yeah, they had graphs coming out of the floor. I was like, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, I was giant... watching um, local elections closely, so I was mainly switching between KTLA and KCAL 9 here yeah. in the Los Angeles area. Yes. With the occasional switching over to CNN, Fox, and then at one point, MSNBC for just one quick segment to which we just decided never to go back there. Because they were just pundit after pundit after pundit after pundit and not talking about actual elections. Well, the thing about this election was is that past 8.30, they ran out of things to talk about. Because at that point, all polls were closed. All the states that could be called were called. And basically, there was only a handful of states left that have these mail-in ballots that need to be counted because they couldn't have been counted before. So what we created was... There was everything else was done, and they had six states that were too close to call. So they kind of ran out of material. 
Right. And then even running into this morning and today, they were still debating on, well, what yes. if this goes here and this goes here? This is how you can get here, here, and here yeah. to 270. Yeah, that's all you can't, that's all you have left at this point. Uh, yes, important to note, this will date this podcast a little bit, but yes, uh, as of right now, despite yesterday being election night, uh, we don't know who the next president will be. Uh, votes are still being counted, at least as of 4.49 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and who knows if we'll know tomorrow, who knows if we have to wait till Friday, potentially for some states. If you really want to date this podcast, you can go back to our 2016 coverage of the presidential election yes that though we knew the night of like this uh at least is like a little bit less predictable uh it is very very close though uh but hopefully by this time next week by next time's show we will at least have some sort of knowledge of right or we will know like. which court battles to look at yeah that too <laughs> all right but I didn't watch any other television besides that. So is it good to move on? Mm, I, yeah, I watched the Trios of Horror um, annually because I always do. Yep. It was fine. Parodies of uh, yeah. Russian Doll, Pixar, Toy Story, okay. and then Into the Spider-Man Universe. Spider-Verse. Wow, a Toy Story, a Toy Story uh, uh, skit. Like, like where the toys come to life and kill people yeah only 25 years later <laughs> yep <laughs> timely always timely the simpsons all right cancellations and renewals it's that time again all right what am i no longer watching besides political coverage well you are still watching <laughs> um big brother on cbs as it's getting renewed for a 23rd season that's a lot of big brother Yes, um, continuing to watch it on and off. I put it on when there's nothing else to watch. It's real silly. And usually by that time, it's usually towards the end of the house. Oh, yeah. And by the way, there was a girl on this past season named Christmas. Yes, Christmas. (laughs) She did not win. There's so many jokes. There's so many jokes. I have just like long list in my head and I'm trying to keep myself from saying any of them. All right, let's move on. Also renewed, Netflix's Babysitter's Club. Get a second season. That's a good one. And because it's Netflix, it'll probably be its last. Probably. (laughs) Brave New World has been canceled at Peacock, that being their Uh, first and now their first first original series that is now um, already over. Yeah, uh, hello? called it you called it oh yeah no activity that's the name of a show no activity on cbs all access is getting fourth season yes but instead of being a live action it will be an animated show now what don't ask me i'm just reporting the news has that ever happened before where a show went from live action to all animation yeah i don't think that's happened before uh, no, because I think was, they've done like animated episodes. Yeah, but uh, not a complete transition. No, like the first episode of this season of of Blackish was an animated episode. Yeah, but that's different. What I'm but saying it was, is, was like, not the whole thing though. It yeah, has the entire format formats. changed before? Or is this the first time that's ever happened? Um, I'm having a hard time thinking if it ever happening before. Yeah, 
No, that might be a first. Like just switching in the middle. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Mm -hmm. My life is murder. I'm sorry. No, it's a show. Oh. That's the name of the show on Acorn TV. Uh, it's getting a second season. Uh, also, this is good to note that Acorn TV lasted longer than Queeby. Congratulations, Acorn TV. Filthy Rich on Fox has been canceled after just one season. Uh, I believe it is still airing and will air the rest of its seasons. Yeah, but no more. Yep. Next on Fox has also been renewed, or also been canceled, sorry, after one season. I'm not sure if that even went to air. Yeah, I don't know. But is, it will, if it has, it will show the remaining of its episode that's already on schedule, but yes, will so. not be picked up. No. NBC is, is canceling Connecting after just one season as well. Technically, half a season. Hmm. Interesting. Um, they're pulling it from its schedule with four remaining episodes, which will not go to air, Got but will find a home on Peacock for the remainder of its days until they decide to get rid of it altogether. Got it. That makes sense. And Castle Rock on Hulu. Cancel that for two seasons. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nothing to say about really any of these. They're just shows that just didn't work out, I guess. Right. This is Castle Rock, the TV series, not Castle Rock, right. the production company. Yes, very different. Moving on into deaths, we have a handful this week. First up, Charles Gordon, age 73, a film producer, worked on Field of Dreams, Die Hard, and The Rocketeer. Nikki McKibben, age 42, singer-songwriter, uh, was a contestant on American Idol. Uh, came in third place in the first season. That's a long time ago. And still became a singer-songwriter after that. Then we have Eddie Hassel, age 30. Oh, really young. Um, actor in The Kids Are All Right, Surface, and Devious Maids, among other things. So recent, recent stuff. Yeah, um, he was a child actor. He was the, the son uh, in The Kids Are All Right. So that was 2010. Yeah, so only 10 years ago. Yeah, so when he was 20. And that's it. Nothing else happened. No, there's one last death that we have to talk about. Sir, yes, he was a sir, Sean Connery, uh, James Bond himself, age 90. Uh, of course, known for the James Bond movies, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, The Untouchables, The Rock, I Could Keep Going. But yes, please, Sean Connery, cultural legend, Scottish legend, you know, people know his, knew his accent, like... Of course, the, the SNL Celebrity Jeopardy sketch. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Daryl Hammond's classic Sean Connery impression. You could just right. keep going. Like, there's so many cultural touchstones uh, that Sean Connery was responsible for or had inspired. Yeah, he'll be definitely I mean, missed. Possibly known as the, as the James Bond. Yeah, no, if you ask anybody who the best James Bond is, Nine at time, time times they're saying Connery, like unless they're like twenty five and then they may say Pierce Brosnan, but they're wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, or Daniel Craig, I guess if you're into that guy. If you um, haven't seen the the original James Bond and the twenty years, right? It's been built upon. But yeah, the man was a legacy. Twenty and films. Even though, uh, from what I understand, later in his life he was definitely not the easiest actor to work with. 
um, that he was still he was still a legend. He was still very important in culture, and yeah, he will certainly be missed. But ninety, he was getting up there. Uh, so this is not super surprising. But yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, won an Oscar for The Untouchables, nineteen eighty-eight, yes. for Best mm-hmm. Supporting Actor, his only acting award. Yes, or at least uh, only Oscar. Yes, he won other acting awards, obviously. <laughs> Alrighty, that's it for deaths and cancellations. So we move now into music. All right, and we'll start music with the Billboard. And we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And your hottest song in the U.S. is Ariana Grande with Positions. Yes. And she is switching up positions for you. (laughs) We'll talk about more about positions a little later. Uh, Yes, we will. But yes, that is the lead single from the album also called Positions. Right, and as we mentioned when she made the announcement, Positions was the single that came out the week before the album dropped, which was this past week, which means we won't see it on the Billboard 200, but most likely will be the number one album next week. it is tracking to be number one next week. Yep. Uh, But as for your singles chart still, your number two song in the land, Forever After All by Luke Combs. At number three, Mood by 24 Golden <laughs> featuring Ian Dior. At number four, Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake featuring Old Dirk. Dirk. And at number five, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Yep. Still there from all the sports. Uh, as for your Billboard 200, your albums chart. That's where Luke Combs can celebrate because he has the number one album. What you sure see does. is what you get. Yep. I believe that has been a long time coming or a long journey <laughs> up the chart. At number two, Letter to You by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Yes, that Bruce Springsteen. And yes, A Letter to You. Oh, At number have. three, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. At number four, featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Ty Dolla Sign. <laughs> yes, that album is titled Featuring, featuring Ty Dolla Sign. I did not skip there. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was not funny. labeled four. It's just featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Ty Dolla Sign. Smart. It's a good title. Mm-hmm. And at number five, because it has to stay in the top five. Legends Never Die by Juice World. Yep. Juice World. Yep. If you don't like any of those albums, <laughs> tough titties, because there's only two releases <laughs> this upcoming week. Two. Count them. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had this few. Uh, I think we had zero, but that's because it was like January 2 yes. and no one was releasing anything. So yeah, I think that my, I think everybody got out of the way of the election this week. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, except for Kylie Minogue with Disco mm-hmm. and Neil Young and Crazy Horse with Return to Greendale. Those are your two new release albums this week. That's it. So get them while they're 
cold, hot. I don't know. <laughs> we'll be there. Hot stuff. Uh, all right, let's get into some hot stuff here. Okay. So, uh, speaking of music news, we talked about the presidential election and who we did not say who we voted for, uh, but we did say we watched a lot of it. I think and I think if somebody listened to enough of this podcast, they could figure that out for themselves. I think if someone listened to just this episode, they could probably <laughs> figure it out. Maybe, just maybe. I don't know. But anyway. You would be surprised to know that Kanye West, yes, yes. That Kanye West, still managed to get his name on several ballot states, on several states' ballots, <laughs> I should say. Uh, well, Kanye West was a man of few words in uh, seemingly conceding a loss in his presidential run Tuesday night, tweeting simply, Welp, Kanye 2024? <laughs> I know there's not a question mark there, but I'm adding a question mark at the end of that. Um, which he tweeted out shortly after midnight. Uh, later in the night, he deleted the original tweet, uh, which pictured his silhouette in front of an electoral map. West then reposted it without the whelp, uh, uh, which, you know, it's basically like, oh, well, leaving the <laughs> declaration of his 2024 ambitions intact. The hip-hop titan and his birthday party only made it onto the ballot in a dozen states, missing filing deadlines or failing to acure enough valid signatures in others. None of the returns from the states in which he was eligible had him reaching even 0.5% of the vote. I think I saw him garner 60,000 roughly in total <laughs> across 50 states. Yeah. Uh, whatever 12 states he was in. Needless to say, barely mattered. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, barely but made it's it. It's okay. I believe that he was away on an island with his wife celebrating <laughs> a birthday with holograms. So, so, I've heard. He's got, so, he's got some money to cry over yeah, not no. being president. No one should be worried about how Kanye West is feeling about this. Right. Also, I don't believe Kanye actually ran as president, but rather vice president under De- Rocky De La Gutierrez. So from what I, my understanding is about that is that in order to qualify for some states, he could not run as the president. Okay. And so I think that was the case here in California. All right. Because that's where I saw my ballot. Yeah. It was a, it, it, it turns out, and this is probably for, for, uh, this is probably a good thing. Is it's very hard to run for president. <laughs> you have to be thirty-five. Uh-huh. Lived in the United States for fourteen years. Yeah. Um, be white. Own land. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Might be a few more hoops to jump through than that. Yeah, just if you're thirty-five <laughs> and a white male, right? <laughs> no. Otherwise, you can't be president. Yeah, no, no. Mm-mm. All right. What else do we got in music news? Uh, well, we got Kanye winning 0.5% of the vote. Yeah, what else do we got? Uh, what else do we got? Uh, well, let's get into some Grammy 
renaming, shall we? Yeah. Because after extensive deliberation, the decision has been made to change the world music album category to, get this, hope you're sitting down, global music album. That sounds like the same thing, but okay. Well, quote, as we continue to embrace a truly global mindset, we update our language to reflect a more appropriate categorization that seeks to engage and celebrate the current scope of music from around the world. Over the summer, we held discussions with artists, enthomusicologists, and linguists from around the world who determined that there was an opportunity to update the world music album category towards a more relevant, modern, and inclusive term. Because when you say something is a world music album, you think, hmm, which world are we talking about? (laughs) Mars, weirdly enough. Right. Whereas global pertains to specifically Earth. Yeah. Is that what I'm getting at? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm kind of of two minds about this. I think it's maybe a good thing to think have them think about these these the names of these categories and really consider it's like is this really what we call this anymore is this really still world music when it's just international like music that's not made here well wasn't it originally <laughs> called international before it got changed to world i'm not actually sure about the history of the category i don't know um but yeah so i'm glad they're thinking about it but yeah i'm still not sure if they quite nailed it by just changing it to global. Someone ran down the synonym word list and be like, okay, <laughs> this is let's close cast enough. our ballots here and see which one comes out on top. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we have a tie vote. Where do we go here? <laughs> yeah, who, who knows what they were thinking, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward. Okay, I can't say it enthusiastically. I'm looking forward to the global music album category. <laughs> It might not even be aired on the actual telecast, so <laughs> might not it even may not see even it. be aired, but it's might not even you can see vote it. on maybe if you're part of the recording academy. <laughs> anyway, anyways, um, we talked, we, we listened to some albums, we did, um, which weirdly enough kind of coexist with each other. Oh, really? Huh, yeah. Uh, they're both by two, I'll call them pop artists. I mean, uh, one Ariana yes. Grande and one Sam Smith. Okay. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's let's talk about the Sam Smith one because I listened to the Ariana Grande as well, but I did not listen to Sam Smith. So. Okay. So um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say this is me on a limb. Help yeah. me, I'm on a branch, but. This is Sam Smith Grammy nominated album. Could happen. It is well done. It okay. is topical. It is a love letter. It gives me vibes of Casey Musgraves' uh, Golden Hour. Okay. In which all the lyrics seemed very personal. You can resonate with it in a very pop and very um, singer songwriter 
style that only Sam Smith can bring, which at times pairs down to just a piano ballad on him and at other times can have that pop synth um, melodic uh, verses. It's a really good album. Okay. I need to listen to it again. I listened to it once and a half, one and a half times through, but I need to listen to it at least a third time because it's that good. And I need to find some of these songs to put on my album of the, my 2020 album playlists because mm-hmm. they're pretty good. And they definitely resonate and they hit with me a lot more than other albums I've listened to, especially in the past couple of months. Because I know that I've been pretty harsh on albums uh, as of recently. Like, oh, this isn't for me. This is a dumb pop album. I have no context here. Not for me, blah, blah, blah. For some reason, this hits on me. And that's good. And that's why I'm saying that this could be coming back around come Grammy season. Sam Smith is a Grammy favorite. He does write and produce a lot of his own songs. And I could see this winning some awards. I'm not sure about um, radio play, though, because it's not quite radio friendly. Okay. But then again, neither was Casey Musgraves' album in particular. Right. So I'm conflicted in this is a good album versus this is a good pop album. But it's definitely a good album, definitely worth checking out. Okay, great. Pretty much exactly what I'm going to say about the next artist, Ariana Grande. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, um, so yeah, Positions, uh, which is her follow-up from last year's Thank You, Next. Um, which is yeah. the follow-up to Sweetener of the same year. <laughs> yes. Um, it's... It's an album? I... Hmm. So... I actually stayed up and listened to this thing when it came up on Spotify at 9 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. Uh, on Thursday night. And I got to be honest with you, I'm kind of disappointed by it. I would agree with you on the first listen through because I thought I was old man hearing dog whistles. <laughs> And it got me to the point of, am I old enough to where I can't hear Ariana Grande pitch anymore? <laughs> kind of those vibes. But then I listened through it again, and I recently just listened through it right before we started here. Uh-huh. And I got a little bit more into it. it okay. I kind of got the same vibes of it being a love album, of it being a, well, she's in a new relationship from mm-hmm. it, but kind of going that way where it's like everything's new and lovey again and kind of what people expect out of Ariana Grande. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is very much, well, one, it's a quarantine record that Mm -hmm. she wrote during the pandemic. And two, yeah, she is in that new relationship and they're cohabitating with each other. So a lot of it, a lot of the record is, you know, just actually just like Golden Hour about the feeling that you get in um, when you're in a new relationship. Um, but I just felt like there was large swaths of this thing, especially near the middle and towards kind of towards the end that just dragged their feet around. Um, I was having a hard time with the amount of ballads on this record. 
Um, if you're going into this expecting stuff like the single, like positions, um, no, it's not. It doesn't have a whole lot of it. There's some dancey things that are like, there's some more pop songs like strewn about in the track list, but ultimately she really went hard on the balladry here. Like there's a lot of slower numbers. I think it says something when the single you release positions Mm -hmm. is smack dab in the middle of the album, not the song you open with. Right. Yeah, no, she she definitely seemed like she wanted to set a tone uh, with this thing a little slower. You've got the strings motif in several of the tracks. Mm which adds to kind of like orchestral flair to the background of it. It's also very R&B influenced, uh, probably more so this time than even before. She's already been an artist who's very influenced by R&B and hip hop. And this one just kind of cranks that influence to 11. A lot more guest spots. Um, The song with The Weeknd is especially dragging. It reminded me of like, you know, that period in the 90s where every Disney movie had to end with a adaptation of one of the songs from the film <laughs> and it was just two vocalists trying to out sing each other yes that's the vibe i got from that duet with the weekend i was just like all right i get it like you guys are really good at singing you guys can stop showing off for the 15th run <laughs> at this point so i don't know yeah i'm grappling with this thing i thought i was really excited for it because sweetener followed by thank you next was kind of a one-two punch of like really, really great music. But Ariana was also having a very difficult time in her life at the time. And you compare and contrast and she's in a much better spot now. But is the music as vital? I'm not sure. And it sucks that I don't obviously want to wish harm on anyone. And I'm not implying that, but I'm just saying it's it's interesting nonetheless that as she's kind of gotten to a comforting a comfortable groove her music kind of has too and i don't know i was just expecting a lot of, i was expecting it to be livelier i was expecting there to be more songs i liked and i came out on the other side liking maybe two uh same mine would be positions and then three four three five okay all right all right <laughs> that would be yours <laughs> yes do the math uh, um i really really liked oh what was the one near the end oh near the know. end I remember anyways um but yeah um i yeah i'm kind of disappointed by it definitely i don't think it's uh one of my one of the my favorite pop records of the year but uh but yeah i'm, I'm interested i'm in, like it's fascinating to see that you really enjoyed it yeah like i said i enjoyed it i think it does follow the same vibe as sam smith in which they're both love albums yeah but i think i'm gonna try and hit on a trying to hit on something here that I think may be going under the radar that Ariana's album sounds more like a lustful album <laughs> whereas Sam Smith it sounds more like a passionate album <laughs> in terms of love are you saying that Ariana is horny it definitely sounded like <laughs> it at times yes that's the vibe I got that's the vibe you got too okay <laughs> yes. it wasn't just me being creepy old man then no, no, she's... Uh, hey, you know what? Quarantine has made us all sad and horny. Let's be real. Let's move on. All right, but uh, so I guess it's a pass <laughs> on positions and then check out Sam Smith? I wouldn't call it a pass. I would say that it's maybe, maybe if you're a fan of Ariana's, uh, check it out because... It will be the number one album, so definitely yeah. give it a listen through. 
Yeah, I just it, I just personally didn't think it was up to the level of quality that I had become I had come to expect, but I don't think it's a bad album. Okay. Let's move right. on. Then let's Why? move on then. Oh, we are speeding through this podcast. So if we're about to hit a roadblock. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we have upcoming video games. Yes. And we have upcoming new releases. Yes. Now, how, how am I going to, how should I position this? Because yeah. by this time next week, we will have a new console out. Yes. So there are and a lot also, of new releases this week because it's launch week for the Xbox Series X. Next week will also feature a lot of new releases because it's launch week for the PlayStation 5. So yes, we're going to have more new releases in video games than we've ever had on this podcast before. Right, and I also believe this is the first time we are doing a console, yes, uh, proper console generation, yeah, on the podcast because we missed it for the PS4 and Xbox One. Yes, um, so yeah, I have had now to differentiate in these notes between the PlayStations and Xboxes, so you will have to differentiate them as well. So good luck. <laughs> All right. <sighs> I got my uh, speed reading voice on. <laughs> Micro Machines guy mode initiate. I was I was gonna go with uh, the auctioneer mode. Yeah, same diff. <laughs> just, I just made the more ancient Dated joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What's coming out this week? Rules and regulations guy from the radio. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yes, that works. Yep. We have Cafe Enchante for the Switch. Paw Patrol, colon, Mighty Pups, Save Adventure Bay on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. Need for Speed, colon, Hot Pursuit, remastered for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Yep. Assassin's Creed, Valhalla for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Borderlands 3 for the PlayStation 5, Xbox X. Destiny 2, colon, Beyond Light for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Devil May Cry 5, colon, or Devil May Cry V, colon, Special (laughs) Edition for the PS, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X. Uh, The Falconeer for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Fuser for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Gears Tactics for Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Observer, colon, System Redux for Xbox One, PS4, Xbox Series X, PC. Planet Coaster for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Sakuna, colon, of Rice and Ruin for <laughs> PS4, Switch, and PC. Tetris Effect, colon, connected for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. XIII for <laughs> 13 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yakuza, colon, Like a Dragon for PS4, Xbox One, <laughs> Xbox Series X, and PC. Oh, yeah. And the Xbox Series X. And S. 
and S. Important to note here that Xbox Series X was used as kind of the to refer to the next generation Xbox. And those just know that every one of those ones where we said Series X, also Series S, they're basically the same console. We just have to have one name. So, so at this point, um, well, you know, we can't even just switch to saying Microsoft and Sony. No. Yeah, that's the thing is we can't just say Xbox anymore because there's going to be things that are still holdovers that are only current, I guess, last gen games. So uh, we have no, to we can say current gen until yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> until Tuesday. It's the next podcast. It's the cutoff. No more. This current is gen cutoff. is the new ones. <laughs> um, yeah, the, we're not getting Xboxes. We already kind of told you this audience, but we will not be receiving these boxes next week. So don't think we're going to have all of a sudden a bunch of coverage on Series X games. That being said, I actually do intend on playing a few of these games that are coming out this week because this is a crazy release week for me. I mean, you do have the Microsoft Ultimate Game Pass. Yes. So Game Pass will help me out with a couple of these. Um, I really want to try the Destiny 2 expansion. Hopefully that'll get me back on Destiny Um, 2. I want to try um, Tetris uh, Tetris Effect Connected. That should be, that is Game Pass, so it should be Game Pass on PC as well. So I should be able to play it on there. Uh, that'll be the same Tetris Effect base game plus co-op and competitive modes. So I am super ready to try that out. Um, and I, know I really want to play Fuser, Harmonix's new game. Um, I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. And in lieu of a new rock band, it's a new harmonics game. So I'll take what I That's can get. That's the new DJ game, correct? So yeah, it is, it is a DJ-like experience. So I am uh, very excited to see what all that's about. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And I still need to go back and finish um, the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion stuff. So I've got a lot on my plate. Oh yeah, and more Hades probably because... Uh, we'll talk about it later, but yeah, uh, I've got more of that game to finish. So yeah, it's just maybe a huge video game section next week with all the stuff that I hope to pack in. And all of that, I think we can put a fork in Genshin Impact because it's done. No, I do <laughs> want to go back to it because they did an update. They did the 1.1 update this past mm-hmm. week. Um, I really want to see what's in there, but it's just that there's so many games. We're getting into that port part of the year where there's too much stuff to play. Right, and, whereas yeah. in early quarantine, there was nothing to play except Animal Crossing. So again, in another week, you're going to Oh yeah, have... and also Animal Crossing just finished its uh, yes. Halloween update. Yes. Uh, but yeah, in another week, we're going to have even more stuff on our plate. Uh, you're going to have Kingdom Hearts uh, Melody of Memory coming up here soon. Yep. So yeah, look forward to video game takes. And it's good that all this is coming up because we need to fill out our top five. Yes. For the year. Get there when we get there. Speaking of getting there when they get there, <laughs> yes. our first story for video games is about Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was teased to us two years ago. Longer than that, man. Well, no, but like the recent cinematic was two years ago. The most recent. E3. The most recent cinematic was two years ago, yes. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> They didn't show anything this past E3. It was no. last E3. Yeah. Well, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is progressing well, according to a recent update from Ubisoft CEO 
earlier this week, CEO Yves Guillermo fielded questions after an earnings call on behalf of the company. Quote, the game is progressing well. <laughs> the world is really fantastic, as you could see. Netflix also decided to take that universe and create a movie with it. So there's lots of progress in that team. And the game is coming along very well. Surprise! Uh, the movie... <laughs> Uh, he mentioned in the earnings call was announced by Netflix back in July. It'll be developed by Detective Pikachu's Rob Letterman and is currently still in development. The way you paused after Detective Pikachu's, I thought you were saying that it was directed by multiple Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Just all of them. Pika Pika, 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 Pika That'd be cute. I want to see a movie set with just Pikachu. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, it's still a game, apparently. Who knew? It's taking the Cyberpunk 2077 route and never coming out. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's taking the Kingdom Hearts 3 route and never coming out within I think the at same this generation. Point, yeah, I think at this point it's more like the Duke Nukem Forever approach, where it's just like, is this really a game? Still, maybe. How much can one person get done over the course of a day? Multiply that by two, and then you got the team right there. <laughs> yeah, the last time we heard about this, it was they were talking about how there's going to be like user-generated content, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt was up there talking about his company was going to work with them for that, mm -hmm. and that it was going to be an open-world game, kind of like... Um, no Man's Sky, where you could just go to all, all sorts of planets in the galaxy. It's like, this thing seems like, what is the, this game is too many things. It's too big. But I guess we'll see. It wants to be the MMO that you will never get to see. <laughs> Maybe. Much like uh, Fallout 76 was the MMO nobody wanted to see. <laughs> exactly like that. All right. All right. And our second story in video games, as we end the end of the year, it is the start of another year where one thing ends, one thing begins. And we begin every year mm -hmm. with awesome games. Yes. Done how are they done? Quick. I was going to say, how are they done, though? That's important. They're done quick. Done quick. Because our favorite spy yeah. annual event uh games done quick is hosting yet again a virtual online only streaming event uh benefiting the prevent cancer foundation i believe that's the january one I believe so yep well the full list of titles for awesome games done quick 2021 is out right now and it's got some absolute Bangers in the lineup. The Bangers. slate of games was published earlier today, and there's a ton of games that will no doubt make for entertaining and mind-bending speedruns, including the likes of Celeste, which has become a staple at this point, uh, Sekiro, colon, Shadows Die Twice, which was released this year, uh, Cuphead, Deus Ex, 
colon, Mankind Divided, Dishonored 2, Halo 3, colon, ODST, Into the Breach, and many more. I have no clue how you speedrun half the games on the list, but <laughs> that's absolutely one of the joys of the event. Right. Including speedruns of Beat Saber and Hades. The full event kicks off January 7th and runs for exactly a week until January 10th, 2021. And just like Summer Games done quick earlier this year, the event will take place entirely online. The full schedule for the events, uh, detailing which games will be played, when, isn't available right now, but is set to have a schedule by the end of the month. Um, so I looked through some of these games. Like I said, I saw Beat Saber. Uh, Hades was on there. Ratchet and Clank going Commando looked like a two-player race. Uh, it looked like a lot of fun. Your typical Mega Man block was in there. They had uh, a instead of their usual run of Mario competition, they're going to use Mario Thirty Five. For that, mm, that players see. run that against each other. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, awesome games done quick is fastly approaching, as is the end of 2020. Sure <laughs> is. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Uh, looking forward to that next year, though. Next year. Uh, with that. That's it for the news. Did you play anything? Just more Hades. Um, I sent you a screenshot that I cleared. I got my first clear this past week. Because um, you used the shield, like I said. Because you used the shield, just as you recommended. I had a really, really good run with the shield, turns out. You put enough effects and power into the special, and you can just toss it out and just, just destroy everything in the room. It especially worked really well in the, um, the final area before the final, the final fight where it's kind of like you have to go into these maze-type rooms. You can just stand kind of in the, the doorway of those rooms, just toss your shield out, and it kills everybody, and you don't even have to go up to them so they don't spray you with mm-hmm. the freaking green poison that drives me nuts. Oh, the rats. Yeah. Ugh. Damn rats. Um, so, yeah, well, I'm trying to right now, trying to uh, do a, a bow run uh, next. Uh, you, I saw you finished. You did a bow clear. Yep. And... I like the bow a lot, so I want to try to see uh, if I can do it. But yeah, I just keep I keep dying to Hades at the very end with the bow. So I'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It's the trial and error game. Exactly. Again, so we're having lots of fun playing it. Right. So um, it I was matter. playing it on election night because it was something to kill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then die. <laughs> Take out your rage for sure. You know, um, it's still. Excellent. Just still still so, so good. I'm sure we'll talk about it more at the end of the year. Uh, it'll definitely come up. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of, as we as we talked about approaching the end of the year, uh, you, because we are in November, end of the year lists may or may not start popping up everywhere. Yes. I started seeing lists for Oscar 2020 films, even though there's still two months left to submit a film. Um. 
yeah, we will definitely get on that and we will have a schedule for you next month as we talk about off podcast, what exactly we're going to do. And if you want to stay up to tune on all of that information, do uh, I? Where can they watch us or keep out for shout outs on us? You can see us in all our podcast glory via video on youtube.com. Search Media Boat Podcast and find our YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe, etc. All the verbs that you do engaging with YouTube content. If you want just our voices and the audio that we produce, you can find us on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, on Google, uh, Google all sorts of different um, services. Uh, Audible? Podbean. All of the above. Um, so yeah, just search Media Boat Podcast, any of those, and you'll probably find our show. You can also see us on social media, at Media Boatcast is our Twitter account. Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll probably find our page. You can also email us directly at mediaboatpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, uh, at gmail.com. Occasionally playing video games at twitch.tv slash mediaboat. And... Um, and writing, our writing is sometimes up at mediaboatpodcast.com. And I believe you also said uh, pre-podcast that we now have a Discord. Yes, um, I signed us up for a Discord because friend of the podcast, Alex, mm-hmm. um, former media guru for us, <laughs> uh, was doing a suicide prevention stream for Halloween. And so yeah. I logged in and talked with her on that. And she right. said, hey, sign up for Discord. I was like, yes. we don't I, have a Discord. And I believe like, she is... Um, make a Discord. Yeah, I believe she is Lexi Graves 13 on Twitch. So yes. check out her um, channel. Yes, and they raised close to 10000 I think they had like 9500 for nice. the Prevent Suicide Foundation over the course of the Halloween weekend. It was a 24-hour Twitch stream with several other people, and they like made half their goal of originally five thousand in two hours. So that's good for good. them. Yeah, yeah, great for them. And they said, I was watching them. They said, "Hey, you should definitely sign, make a Discord for us." Like, okay, sure. Twist my arm, I guess. So <laughs> we have a, a Discord. I can't tell you what it is or how to get there, but we're media boat on Discord. Yeah, media boat now, I guess. Shrug. We have one there. So if you want to follow us, whatever Discord you do on Discord, we are there now. <laughs> Good to know. Alrighty, well that will do it then. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll be back next week for all sorts of things. Game impressions, television impressions, you name it. We got it. So tune we in should for more. have a final count on who our president is. We should have a final count on what the <laughs> Xbox Series X numbers may look like for day yeah. one. We'll, and then we'll, yeah. what PlayStation projects because they're the following day after we podcast. It's going to be another weird week, so tune in, and uh, we'll have more for you on the Media Boat Podcast next time. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.